In the course of child rearing, there are many things we can teach and model to our kids that'll help them grow into mature and productive citizens. Some things they will heed and some they will not. Some they will use and some they will not. But whether our kids heed or disregard what we teach them, something they will all use, whether foolishly or wisely, is money. That's why it's so important for us to teach and model wise money management to our kids. And like so many other things having to do with child rearing, the earlier in their lives we start this modeling, the better. Today, we're going to be talking about smart money and smart kids. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long residential program helping teens in crisis. Our host is Trace Embry, the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, we all know that uh, you end every licensed to parent program with your signature statement, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. And certainly as we're discussing money and kids today, that statement is going to be especially applicable to the very theme of today's program, don't you think? Uh, absolutely, Rich. Uh, but I have to confess uh, though I feel God has given me some pretty good insights into bringing up kids, if there's any subject that I'm least confident in myself, it would be the subject of money. And that's, um, that's actually sad because, as you mentioned in the opening, uh, we can teach and model a million different things to our kids. Uh, some they use and some uh, not so much, but all of our kids are going to deal with money. Yeah. So, uh, so parents, you know, we'd be uh, wise to teach and, and, and model good money management to our kids because someday— it might be us who has to depend on their money management skills to get uh, us through those twilight years. And if you know, if you don't think you uh, you have much by way of wisdom and insights to teach your kids about money, uh, then stick around because uh, today's program is going to give you uh, some practical insights that'll help you and your kids deal with those dead presents in a way that, in the long run, will keep everyone smiling from uh, or while. While bringing glory to God at the same time. Yeah. Well, Trace, as you know, this subject is very near and dear to my heart. For 13 years, I worked as one of Larry Burkett's producers. Right. And then even after his death, I continued producing the radio broadcast for Howard Dayton and now Rob West for Crown Financial Ministries and mm -hmm. for Compass. Uh, so I share their vision of teaching believers how to get out of debt, stay out of debt, how to become more generous and find true financial freedom. Now, today's guest grew up hearing all of that teaching from her own parents, and in fact, she is now helping parents teach it to their kids. Rachel Cruz is now a number one New York Times bestselling author and now helps Americans learn the proper ways to handle money and, as I said, to stay out of debt, all as part of uh, Ramsey Solution. She is the author of two bestselling books, Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her dad, Dave Ramsey. Now, you can find uh, Rachel online. You can follow her on Twitter and on Instagram at, at Rachel Cruz. You'll find her online at rachelcruz.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-C-R-U-Z-E.com. And she's also on YouTube and Facebook. Well, Rachel, welcome to License to Parent. And congratulations on being a New York Times uh, number one bestseller. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Well, I so appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, what a great idea to bring uh, the Ramsey insights on money into, into the parenting paradigm. Whose idea was it to put these principles of, of, of finance into a book for parents? 
You know, as I grew up, this whole idea of money management, you know, kind of was always on the forefront of my mind. And so as I graduated college and started speaking full-time and really taking this message to the next generation, I kept hearing, especially the adults in the crowd, whether it was teachers or educators or parents, you know, come up to me and they say, I wish I had known this when I was younger. If only my kids can grasp this. And that's a phrase that, you know, my dad's been hearing for over 20 years of doing this as well. So, right. uh, yeah, as, as we started talking about it, you know, I think, I think he was probably the initial one that was like, we need to get this down in a manuscript for people to be able to, you know, sit with and really digest and give them practical steps, give parents practical steps on how to teach their kids how money works and ultimately God's ways of handling money. And I saw the need, you know, not only through being a young adult, but also seeing the devastating mistakes that, that, that kids make, and especially when they go off on their own. Like those college mm-hmm. years and the statistics right. are, are horrible when it comes to students and their finances. And so being able to, to blend our messages together, and, and Dad's voice in the book is very prominent. He's the parent, and I'm more the perspective of the kid of what it was like <laughs> growing up in a home where money was talked about. And so, uh, yeah, we gave the good, the bad, and the ugly of the family <laughs> stories in that book, but uh, also gave some really great practical tips for parents because, again, it is such a, sure. such a needed topic and something that a lot of parents shy, shy away from. I, I did. Them personally, they don't feel like they're equipped to be able to talk about this subject. And so I want parents to have that permission to say, hey, you are their parent and step into their lives in every aspect of parenting, but especially when it comes to their money. Yeah, right. You know, uh, when I think of money, it, it just seems like a boring subject to me, and then uh, my the way my brain is wired. But I'll tell you what, I actually read your book, and uh, it, it it kept me uh, interested. I'm a more of a parenting guy, but I'll tell you what, uh, I highly recommend it. it. It is a New York Times bestseller for a reason. You did a great job there. Uh, I use the term Ramsey insights, but but these principles really transcend Ramsey family and and, and money. Uh, they're actually biblical principles, are they not? Oh, 100%, yes. I mean, it's it's God's and Grandma's ways of handling money is kind of how Dad's coined the phrase, which is so true. But when you look at Scripture, I mean, there, there are thousands and thousands of Scriptures that, in regards to money, more than heaven and hell combined. Mm-hmm. You just have to open them up, read them, digest them, and apply them to your life. But, I mean, everything from debt, saving, budgeting, giving, I mean, every aspect of money really, in one way or the other, is tied to Scripture and is mentioned in Scripture. And it's an amazing thing that God's ways of handling money, they work. Yeah. And so when it says the borrower is slave to the lender, the borrower is slave to the lender. When you're in debt, you feel that stress, you feel that burden. Yeah. When it says in the house of the wise, there are stores of choice food and oil. A foolish man devours all he has. Wise mm. people save. Foolish people spend everything they make. And he just... You know, you really look and you're like, wow, it really is common sense. And guess what? When you apply it to your life, God's truth, it works. And so that's the amazing thing is to be able to get people out of uh, this point where money is a stressful topic for them and give them the freedom, the liberation, and the plan to walk them through how to change their lives. And again, ultimately with this message, to change their family tree and for that to pass on generationally. And that's something I've been blessed with that I'm so, so grateful for. Uh, is to have parents that really did push into that. And so you don't have to be Dave Ramsey, right, to, to teach your kids about money. That's not the point. But any parent really can take these principles that God has laid out so 
beautifully through Scripture and apply it to not only their life, but also helping the kids. I think I realized uh, why money is talked about more than heaven and hell, because money can be heaven or it can be hell, depending <laughs> on how you use it. But uh, it's not just Christian people who, who will buy and read this book. Uh, have you heard any feedback from secular folks who've uh, had to admit the wisdom of the biblical principles contained in it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is one thing with our platform. You know, we are in a lot of secular spaces with, with uh, the Dave Ramsey show, specifically the radio show. It is in more you know, secular stations, and we do media and things like that that are more on a secular um, stage, if you will. And so it's amazing that the breath of fresh air that you can see Scripture really give people, uh, whether they are a believer or not. And, and the, the really, I, I think, kind of the humor of, as you read Scripture when it comes to money, again, it kind of is common sense. It makes sense. It's like, yes, it's hard to do, but in your brain, you're like, yes, okay, I get that. I can track with that. So when you pull that into, you know, a secular setting, you know, they're like, oh, live on less than you make. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so <laughs> wise. <laughs> you're yeah. like, yes, it is. <laughs> but it talks about there in Scripture. So uh, it, it is, it, it's a ministry, really, is kind of what we see in that space uh, to be able to to ultimately, honestly, tell people about Jesus, and that's yeah. that's part of our, our stance of having these biblical principles. Well, it makes sense, uh, but it secures dollars in the long run, doesn't it? But I want to ask you a question, because we, you know, the millennial generation, I think you're part of that. Uh, why is work so important? I mean, there's an old saying, hard work never killed anyone. Uh, how do we know when our kids are, are really at their limit? And how do we help them balance the urgent with the important, uh, whether it's work or play? Sure. Well, we have to understand that work is really the foundational principle when it comes to our finances. So that is how you get money. And that's a very standard um, principle that you have to teach your kids, that money comes from work. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't just come from mom and dad's back pocket. And so you have to really implement that and ingrain that because so many kids grow up in a household where, A, money's not talked about. And so they see mom and dad either just magically have money or they have this plastic card so they could just swipe and get whatever they want. Maybe, you know, they go to work, you know, but that's, that's all they really see. They don't really see this major correlation. And so really to dig in and help your kids feel um, really the weight of this principle that money comes from work. And so I talk about in the book how not to give your kids an allowance. Don't just hand your kids money Make them work for it. Put right. them on commission. Yeah. And so if they work, they get paid. If they don't work, they don't get paid. Right. And, you know, it's this novel idea of this cause and effect uh, part of their lives. But the once they start doing that and that, that subtle principle is taught, it's huge. Because I meet even 35-year-olds who haven't really gotten that principle that money comes from work, you know, that you really do. And so what you have to do is, is there is a balance, like you said. You don't want to raise a bunch of, you know, it's not like a Marine Corps, you know, we were making them right. go mow the lawn at four years old. Don't make a neurosis out of it. Uh, but you do want them to feel some of that weight and some of the consequences of not working. And yeah. so, you know, something really practical and easy is you can just have a chore chart right there on the refrigerator. And it's like, okay, you have five chores and you get paid for these five. Here's the amount of money you get. And if you do them this week, you get paid. If you don't do them, you don't get paid. Right. And there are some chores and work that you're going to do as part of the family. And so for us, as an example, growing up, we never were paid on things in the kitchen. So we were expected to take our plates to the sink. And as we got older, we were expected to do the dishes and clean up and 
know, that was just part of being, uh, you know, part of the family. But other things, mom and dad did attach a dollar amount to, again, to teach this correlation that money comes from work. And so right. yeah, you don't have to, you know, again, uh, be this crazy strict parent where all, the, all you're focused on is work. But you don't want to lose that principle because it's such a vital part of them sure. understanding how money works. They have to actually be able to get the money to handle it well. Yeah, they, they have to attach reward to achievement, for crying out loud. And I think that's a lost uh, concept uh, in a lot of cases today. Where do we get this idea uh, that the teen years are actually reserved for pleasuring ourselves into imbecility? Where does it come from? Oh, I have no idea. Society, <laughs> I guess. And so, yeah, I mean, I think as a parent, you get to navigate in your own home, you know, what the balance is between school and sports and work. But I'll tell you, you know, we as Ramsey kids, like, we were not just given money. And we had to go babysit. We had to go do things. If we wanted to sure. uh, to exceed just the basic needs of living at home, clothes, shelter, food, all that obviously was provided for us. But anything above beyond that, we had to go babysit or get a part-time job. Mm-hmm. And it didn't kill us. And, and in fact, I'm so thankful for that foundational work ethic. And so Amen. Uh, for parents, yeah, it's not child abuse to make your kids work. And when they go to college, guess what? The principle is the same true. It's true as well, that they can work while they're in college. And so being able to, again, instill this foundational principle, it is so important. And, and it is hard because, like you're saying, with social media and our world today, instant gratification is huge. And the idea of patience, of actually having to work and save money for something they want, it's a hard principle for adults to grasp, right. let alone teenagers and kids. But gosh, what a gift to give your kids to let them practice that. And whether they're saving up for, you know, a Barbie doll when they're when they're seven years old or whatever, or a, game, a PlayStation game, whatever it is that they're saving up for, you know, start these, putting these little life lessons within your home. Because the thing is, is your kids are going to make mistakes with money. They're not going to be perfect. But you'd rather them learn these principles and make those mistakes under your roof versus never doing anything and then letting them go at 18 years old and just crossing your fingers and hoping they're going to get it right. Yeah. Let, let's talk about savers and spenders for a moment. You've you've sort of walked into this. Uh, my wife, for example, when she was little, uh, could, you know, save up a dollar or, or could, could hold on to a dollar for forever, it seems, while her sister, you know, as soon as she got a penny in, she had spent the penny. And it was just a di- kind of a difference in personality. So we have to be able to to train our kids to find the balance there. How how did your parents teach you, or how do you recommend, you know, training the next generation so that they can find the balance between saving and spending? Well, there are going to be spenders and savers, just like you said. We each are bent in our own way with personalities, our God given personalities. And so, my sister and brother, they're actually savers naturally, and I'm a spender. Go figure. I'm the one that <laughs> goes and talks about the subject around the country, and I'm actually the spender. And if you're in a marriage, if you're married, just like you were saying with your wife, you know, opposites attract. And yep. so my husband is the saver in our marriage, and I'm the spender. But you want your kids to learn not only just the work foundation, but also just three money principles as well, with with giving, saving, and spending. And these are three things that you want to teach them. And you want to teach them all three. And so you want your savers to be able to spend some money and enjoy the hard work. And sometimes you have to force a saver to spend, but that's good for them because they're going to learn how to spend wisely. They're going to understand how to buy things, look for deals, and and you're really going to be able to train them in that. And then spenders, if your kid is a spender, you have to teach them to save money or they're going to be broke and they're going to end up living with you until they're 45. Exactly. So we don't want, want that. To teach them, 
to save. You want them to do all three things, again, giving, saving, and spending. And so naturally their bent is going to be towards one or the other, and neither is right or wrong. And that's what parents have to remember. Sometimes the savers get the applause and more of, you know, the, the tip of the hat because they seem like the responsible ones. And so I'll stick up for the spender kids out there that <laughs> we turn out okay too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We are trained and taught. But, uh, you know, the scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's older, he will not depart from it. And so it actually says, train up a child in the way he is bent. Amen. And so know your kids in that way and know if they're a spender or a saver and where they're going to flourish, where they're going to struggle. And that's just a part of life and the cycle. But uh, I, I think in general, as they become adults, uh, the balance is key, right? As an adult, you don't want to just save everything and hoard everything. And then on the flip side, you don't want to spend everything because you'll be broke. There is a, there is a balanced approach, yeah. even though your bent is natural towards one or the other. So as a parent, just embrace that. But again, I, I say make your kids do all three, which is giving, saving, and spending. Well, I, I couldn't agree more, and I also am glad that you uh, interpreted uh, that that passage uh, correctly about train up a child in the way he should go, because I think a lot of parents think that if you train them in a godly way, they're automatically going to be godly, but that's you you interpreted it correctly. Kudos to you. <laughs> it's kind of how they're wired. <laughs> yeah. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Rachel Cruz, the number one New York Times bestselling author of the books Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her dad, Dave Ramsey. Again, you can follow Rachel on Twitter and Instagram at, at Rachel Cruz and online at rachelcruz.com. We'll be back with more conversation on today's License to Parent. You can find us at licensedtoparent.org. Stay where you are. We'll be right back. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org. 
helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And a reminder, if you've missed any past programs or just want to hear any of our other conversations on a variety of parenting topics, that's where you'll find it. That's also where you'll find Trace's blog about all issues parenting, past, present, and in the future, I guess. The Trace Embry blog, the official (laughs) blog on licensedparent.org. Our guest today is Rachel Cruz, and we're talking about uh, her new book, Smart Money, Smart Kids. And Rachel, uh, we're talking money, but we kind of need to talk about some of the tools of managing money, like a, a checking account or credit cards and that sort of thing. When is the right time to um, to get our kids a checking account? And is there ever a right time to get them a credit card? When it comes to the checking account, I always advise parents, you know, around age 15 or 16 is a great time to implement this. And you can you know, go down to the bank with them, open up a student checking account under your name. And what I love is what my parents did. And you figure out as a parent the amount of money you would normally spend on your kids each month. And that can include sports fees and clothes and gas, you know, whatever you would you normally pay for your kids and put that set amount of money, have a dollar amount, say, okay, this is the amount of money you get, and you put that in their checking. And then it's up to them to be responsible as they swipe their debit card. Um, I was going to say write checks. Not many teenagers are probably going to write checks these days, but they still could. Uh, write checks, and, and as they start living their life, if they... They have to learn to budget, and if that money starts dwindling, they do not get another set amount of money until the first of the next month. And so it really forces them to budget their way through the month, keep up with it, with transactions, and, and to be able to really focus on managing that small amount of money that you give them. And then if they want money beyond that, which is what happens in our case, I, I did. I was like, okay, well, that's a nice amount of money. Actually, I think mom and dad took the amount of money they would normally spend on us, and they cut it in half just to force us to go get jobs. Uh, and so I had to go, you know, get an extra job, and I, and I babysat on the weekends and that kind of thing uh, to make up for having more money to be able to spend with my friends. And so, again, that's just a, a very practical way of, of going about it. And your kids, you know, walk with them through it because they're not going to be perfect, and they're going to make mistakes. In fact, that's one of my, my infamous kids' stories when it comes to money is I had my account for about three months. And I ended up bouncing three checks out of my Ooh. account because I didn't keep up Dave with it. Dave Ramsey's daughter bounced three checks. Okay, we have that on record. I know, I know. <laughs> and Dad actually made me go down to the bank and apologize to the, to the branch manager. <laughs> hey, you got a good dad. For lying to him because I told him I had money in his bank to spend and I didn't. And oh, that was boy. considered a lie. So that. <laughs> scarring and I've been through counseling, so that memory is, <laughs> I can work through that now. So, but, so that was such a pivotal point for me. And I look back and like, I'm so thankful that I learned that at 15 years old and not 25 years old or 35. Yeah. And I've never bounced a check since. So they're not, so they may not be perfect at it, but let them learn from those mistakes. Again, making very small mistakes under your roof, you know, with your, um, with your covering in a sense, you know, as you're watching them. And mm. so, Again, 15, 16 years old. And as a parent, remember, it is still your money. And even if your child under your roof goes and earns money to put into that account, mm-hmm. if they're doing things that you don't agree with as a parent, you have every right to step Amen. in. So this idea that, well, that's my money. I worked for it. Yeah. No, it's not your money. 
you're under our roof, and you can still have rules as a parent on what they spend their money on. Yeah. Well, even even more than that, though, let's all remember that none of it's our money. It yeah, all belongs right. to God. We're just the stewards of it. We're, exactly. we're managing what he allows us to hold on to. Yeah. Or well, Rachel, I, I, can right. t- I can tell you're like my daughter. I got a daughter about your age, bubbly, high-eye personality. Uh, we talked about uh, you know, the different personalities right out of the womb. Some some people seem to thrive and succeed. Uh, you know, you're a spender, but some people th- thrive and succeed operating off the seat of their pants. Is there ever a time when impulsivity is a virtue with respect to money? I'm thinking of a guy like Donald Trump who, who seemed to have done so well with this approach. Can you comment on that? You know, I think that, again, natural personalities may be more impulsive, and so I say plan for that impulsiveness. <laughs> so, for instance, in my budget, and you know, my husband and I, we do a budget together. We have one budget, and in that, I have a line item for myself that I have a, I have a certain amount of money. And so within that, I can walk into Target, which for ladies out there, it's like the black hole of goodness, right? We love Target. <laughs> We can get lost, and I can go in and sure be quote unquote impulsive, right? If there's a shirt I want, if I want to go, you know, pick up something else, and I have a set amount of money to be able to go and spend and enjoy, and so that kind of scratches the itch of the impulse. But at the same time, it's not drowning me or, or getting myself or my husband and I together in you know financial irresponsibility, if you will. And so mm-hmm. I think if you plan ahead of time and say, hey, here's a set amount of money. You can call it miscellaneous. You can call it personal line item, whatever you want to call it. You can have some money, some fun money to go sure. and just enjoy. So if a baseball game comes up, you guys want to just randomly go get tickets that night and the money's there, think, oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to plan out every single little part in detail of your life because life's going to happen. That's not practical. Sure. And, so, and so just, yeah, in the budget in general, and same with teenagers, have a line item of fun or whatever you want to call it, that there is the money there. So when things come up spontaneously, you can you can still enjoy. Yeah, I guess when you're a multi-billionaire like Donald Trump, uh, it's a little easier to have a little extra play money. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, but, it's probably a little bit easier for him to be spontaneous. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing that, that you just mentioned. You mentioned the word budget several times, and the whole thing about a budget is it's a a plan for how you're going to spend money. So if you've got a hundred bucks that comes in, and you divide it up, and you set a certain portion aside for groceries, and another portion for rent or mortgage and another amount for this, well, that means you've decided where it's going to go. And so, by golly, if it's in the entertainment category, mm-hmm. have at it. Yeah, yep. you, you know, you've go got nuts. you've got the freedom <laughs> sure. to, to spend whatever amount, you, and 100 bucks is probably fairly low for, you know, yeah. on a monthly allocation. Especially your lifestyle, Rich. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I got my money the old-fashioned way I inherited it. No. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for carving out some yes, time ma'am. in your day to be a part of our day. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I so appreciate it. God bless you. And again, today's guest on Licensed to Parent has been Rachel Cruz. I am going to spell that for you in just a moment. Rachel is the number one New York Times bestselling author and part of Ramsey's Solutions. She's the author of Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and the book we've been talking about today, Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with Dave Ramsey. And again, you can follow Rachel on Twitter and Instagram at at Rachel Cruz, that's R-A-C-H-E-L, Cruz is spelled C-R-U-Z-E, and also online at rachelcruz.com. And as she just mentioned, she's also on YouTube and Facebook. And this uh, wraps up another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. For over 20 years, Shepherd's Hill has successfully helped troubled teens and their families push the reset button and get their lives back through a Christ-centered residential program. 
Now, if you have a troubled teen and you'd like to learn more, please visit our website. You can click the Shepherd's Hill Academy link at licensedtoparent.org. And while there, you can also check out our conversations that we've had on a variety of parenting topics. You can also read and subscribe to Trace's blog. We even have a free ebook waiting for you there called Crucial Resources for Navigating the Digital Age. And that's yours for free when you visit us at licensedtoparent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you back again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.